Hello, everyone. It's Sunday School Bonanza, getting you ready for Gospel Doctrine, joined by Dustin Homer this week. Hey, everybody. Hi, Dustin. Nice to have you here. So great to be here. And we at This Week in Mormons welcome you to our wonderful place, Show. our cabal. Thank you. It's wonderful here. We're on Lesson 17 this time, everybody. The Law of Tithing and the Law of the Fast. I am passionate about both of these topics. I'm excited for this. I'm genuinely excited for this. And I'm just pretty neutral. And as you might, and that's good, as you might <laughs> imagine, uh, we're going to talk about why tithing is valuable, why you should pay a full tithe, and why fasting and paying fast offerings are wonderful, and how to encourage everyone to pay a generous fast offering. This is a great lesson. I think everybody in your class is going to probably get pretty into this one because it's something that affects us all. I mean, I mean, it all affects all of us, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it affects us all. It's something quantitative that we can talk about, and it's, a, it's something that's blessed a lot of people. So. Interesting way to put it, yeah. Anyway, I think quantitative stuff. But starts out pretty simply talking about the Lord's definition of tithing, right? Which is mercifully simple, 10%. And really kind of a beautiful principle, right? I mean, if you think about it, that the Lord gave us a principle, says, give me 10% of your interest. Mm-hmm. And the prophets interpret it and said, that means 10% of your income. And then they just told us to run with it, right? Yep. Like you, Like that's the principle. The Lord expects a 10th. And you decide how you want to make that work. Well, and the interesting thing, of course, though, is that it was the result of a failure to live the law of consecration. Ooh. Because we still regard it as a lesser law, right? That's a good point. But it's still a wonderful law. But, uh, of course, the early saints for the uninitiated, uh, we've talked about the law of consecration before, but they they failed to live that law of giving everything to the Lord. So they were given this law because 10%, even today for many of us, represents, at least in our mind's eye, a bit of a, a substantial sacrifice. You could say. Many people would say. So maybe our our willingness to pay tithing, our generosity when it comes to tithes is a reflection on how we're really living up to, or how we'll ultimately live the law of consecration. Yeah, it might be. And I think one of the interesting things, like you mentioned how it's quantitative. And I think tithing is one of those laws that because it's so so temporally focused as as, uh, as far as the way to carry it out, that in some ways it's one of the harder ones. It's easiest to conceptualize, but I feel like more difficult sometimes to follow through on because mm. we see the very real, like we have to proactively go after it as opposed to I can say like, oh, I just don't need to drink the alcohol or I shouldn't look at the bad things on, on the internet. Whereas tithing is like I need to will myself and write a check and give up 10% of my income to the Lord. And the thing to remember, It's when religion gets real, yeah? Sort of, yeah. I like it. And the interesting thing, though, of course, we have to remember is that it's not our money. The greatest mindset you can have with tithing is remember the Heavenly Father has given us everything that we have. And he's really effectively just saying, I would like 10% back for my own purposes, especially for building the kingdom on this earth. And we'll talk about some of the uses of tithing uh, in a few. And the Lord has promised us amazing things if we pay our tithing. I mean, seriously. I don't want to rob God like it says in Malachi, you know? <laughs> he's He promises us so many things. There's a great quote here from John A. Witso, uh, formerly of the Twelve, back around the turn of the century-ish time. It says, The tithe payer establishes communion with the Lord. This is the happiest reward. Obedience to the law of tithing, as to any other law, brings a deep inward joy, a satisfaction and understanding that can be won in no other way. Man becomes, in a real sense, a partner, albeit a humble one, with the Lord in the tremendous eternal program laid out for human salvation. The principles of truth become clearer of comprehension, the living of them easier of accomplishment. A new nearness is established between man and his maker. Prayer becomes easier. Doubts retreat 
Doubt retreats. Faith advances. Certainty and courage buoy up the soul. The spiritual sense is sharpened. The eternal voice is heard more clearly. Man becomes more like his father in heaven. That's pretty strong. Well, I think that's very, very incredible promises there. And the great thing is, I think so often we talk about the blessings of tithing and we focus, we hear these great stories of, of temporal ones. Like, hey, we mm, paid our tithing mm. and some miracle happened and this happened. And those things happened and we're perfectly entitled to them because we're doing everything we can do to honor the Lord and be obedient. But we forget about the spiritual blessings. Just like the word of wisdom obviously gives us very real health benefits, we often forget that it also entitles us to be receive a stronger potency of the spirit, greater revelation, all these things that Elder Witso related, you know, to actually be nearer to the Lord. And how often do we think about paying our tithing as actually the spiritual element of ma- putting us closer to God, you know? And I think that is something Thank that you. we are promised. And if we carry it out, that's a, that's a wonderful thing we, we stand to benefit. Yeah, a sacrifice that sanctifies us. Very cool. And, I mean, I think that leads right into, you know, next next topic we hope to get to is the reasons for paying tithing. And I think... I mean, I think that's the reason, right? I mean, I think we just put it right there that it's a commandment God's given us, a sacrifice he's asked us to make to bring us a little bit closer to him so we can be more like him. And I think that's a pretty good reason to do it. And obviously, temporally too, and, and you know, probably something a lot of people will talk about is the temporal blessings they've received from paying tithing. I know I have had a lot of those. And you know, I think we combine those two, the, the idea that it makes us better, brings us closer to the spirit, and the idea that it's going to help us take care of our day-to-day lives. And we have some pretty compelling reasons to keep this commandment even beyond the fact that it's a commandment and God has asked us to and we should do it because we love him. But but uh, the blessings are really easy to see with this one, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I think the other way to look at it is we are in a way discharging a debt uh, to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and we can um, never pay. Yeah, I mean, we can never repay him for everything uh, he's been he's given us. But uh, one thing I love is uh, James E. Talmadge talked about that. I found a quote. I won't say the whole quote. Hmm. But he talked about how the fact that we have many things in the world. We have food. We have shelter. We have the common comforts of life. And um, honestly, that all these things are effectively sort of a a rental in a way. And so we have to discharge this debt to the Lord. When our 10% will be a little more in some years, a little less as far as the actual amount, but it's still 10%. And it's uh, it's what the Lord has asked of us. it's, It's totally legit. Awesome. And where do our tithing funds go? People Hmm. often talk about this. I feel like especially for people who don't understand the church, it's very easy to confuse tithing and fast offerings. They say you pay your 10% uh, to your church, all this money to your church, and what are you doing to help the poor? And then then you have to say, well, that's a whole other topic that we're about to get into on this episode right now. But tithing itself is, is managed by the presiding bishopric of the church, obviously with oversight, you know, from the first presidency and stuff. Uh, but the presiding bishop is responsible for the temporal affairs of the church. That means meeting houses, temples, bills, you know, just stuff that stacks up, uh, teaching manuals, programs, curriculum. The finances of the church, other than uh, those for-profit industries that the church owns, which is okay to, to keep the money coming in and pay for this experience, mm-hmm. tithing goes to all these things. Tithing subsidizes education at church-owned schools. It does a lot of incredible things that we that we uh, easily take for granted. And so, you know, it's fine. I mean, I pay my tithing, but look at the ways that, that we benefit. I, a temple was able to be dedicated in Honduras a, a few weeks ago. Pretty awesome. Because of the generosity of the saints in paying a full tithe, which is a wonderful thing. And, of course, there are many other, other things to do. They publish scriptures, even, you know. The actual physical publication of scriptures happens because of tithing funds. Because I imagine a nice quad is actually worth more than the 
what seventy dollars or so it might cost if it's the nice leather bound one. You know, so it's it's great stuff. And you know, I have to say though, I mean, I think some of the some of uh, the listeners, you know, probably are responsible for allocating tithing funds, and so it's important, you know, really to think about. I think at the same time, you know, a lot of us, uh, like, it's good to know, like, it's good to know what happens with our tithing money, but I guess it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. at the yeah, end of the day, like you could put it all like in a pit and like bury it, and and it's it's all about it's all about the relationship that we have with God, and really not about the funds. You know, like, and then that's what I find so profound about this principle is, you know, it really isn't about the cash. So, anyway, just something no, I was it's not. About. Yeah, well, you're right. Something it's, I was thinking. It's not about, about so. the cash at all. I mean, all these, yeah, enormous spiritual blessings, enormous temporal blessings. And of course, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. What great achievement in discipleship doesn't come from sacrifice in one way or another? Consecration. I think it's cool. And that's the perfect lead-in to the law of the fast, which really isn't as different from the law of tithing as I think sometimes I've thought about it. You know what I mean? Because law of the fast is the same idea. We have this principle where the Lord's asked us, and it's cool that it's a law, you know? I mean, fasting's a law, too. Fasting's a commandment, too. The Lord has said, you know, sacrifice this little bit every once in a while. Go without one of your bodily appetites. Don't eat food. And as a result, you'll be blessed with spiritual power and with an opportunity to mm-hmm. do good things for other people as well. Um, kind of all of uh, all of those things wrapped up in this law of the fast, which, you know, again, the Lord's just said, here's a commandment. Make a small sacrifice. It'll bring you closer to me. I'm going to play a little dumb, though. When, when do we fast? Monthly. Or in times of special need or concern. Exactly. So there's always fast Sunday, which typically is the first Sunday of every month. Not always. And yeah, but the one thing to remember is that we can fast whenever there's a special need arises, whatever that's at your discretion. Because like Dustin said, uh, the many spiritual blessings and drawing closer to the Lord. And and I, we're commanded to. Mm-hmm. Interesting, you know? I think fasting is really interesting because it is. it can be difficult, I think, mm-hmm. to... And by no means do I say any of this as someone who has mastered the the skill and the technique of it all, but to really use it to draw closer to the Lord and give a fast purpose, and that's one of the things we often forget. If you're just starving yourself and maybe being a little pious, that's not exactly fully what the fast is all about. We're supposed to approach a fast with a specific purpose, whatever that may be. It could be for us. It could be for somebody else. But... um it's still a hard thing to do sometimes to really be focused in on that, to, to fast for the two meals that you're supposed to be. Some people say 24 hours Our things say two meals. It could be the same depending on how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we're promised enormous blessings when we do that. And, uh, I've noticed that in those times when I haven't tried to kind of like cheapen the fast, you know, if you're out on Saturday night and you're like out with friends and you hit up a diner at 1230 or something like that, and then you fast the next day, but you have, lunch dinner on sunday at like four o'clock you know you know we've oh yeah everyone's been there in one way or or another and those are that happens but i found those times that i've really tried to like say no i am going to fast 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 i'm going to really power through you feel a distinct difference in uh the level of humility you bring to the proceedings and the way in which you uh feel the spirit and feel the guidance of the lord as you do it not always it's not fail safe or anything but Mm -hmm. i've really noticed a difference in that Cool Personally. point. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the other thing really that's profound about it is the opportunity to pay a fast offering. Absolutely. You know, that, that, that not only are we expected to make, you know, a small kind of physical sacrifice, but there's a certain financial sacrifice involved that's entirely about giving of ourselves for somebody else that I think really consecrates the experience of fasting 
even more that, yeah. you know, whatever it is that we're praying about or that we're concerned about, we're also expected to make this opportunity an opportunity to do good for somebody right next to us. And that's what's so, you know, really, I think maybe unique about fast offerings is they're used in your unit for the people that need the mm-hmm. help. Again, your neighbor, your friend, your brother. Right? And and the church, um, they need it, man, especially with the way that, you know, the global yeah. economic downturn the past number of years. I have sat in meetings with uh, stake presidents who have openly said, in even relatively affluent areas, who have said, like, we are actually precariously low here on fast offerings. Like, we need to double up and do this because we forget how important the generosity of the saints is in that case. Fast offerings and things along those lines help fund the Bishop's Storehouse. Yeah, They help fund a lot of these great programs. I've personally benefited from the wonderful welfare programs in the church. I have a firm testimony of how valuable they are uh, and how, how wonderful they are to have that. I don't look at it as a safety net, but as a you know an opportunity to be taken care of in times of distress or whatever it may be. And it benefits innumerable numbers of people uh, in countless ways. And I think it's one of the hardest things. It's an ongoing challenge in the church to get the saints to pay generous fast offerings, whatever that may be. Generous for you might be five bucks. But if five bucks is generous, then be generous. That's great. And the Lord will bless you for it. If generous for you is $100, then all the more power to you. You know, it's just, it's all relative, I guess, in that sense. But I definitely think it puts us in a a humble place, just as the scriptures attest. But serve and be served they help us to get out of ourselves a little bit more to realize like i'm willing it's one thing when i part with my tithing and it goes to the church but it's another one i'm writing a check for whatever amount of money um specifically knowing like this can help people in my local community who are not as fortunate as i am and that's that gives us incredible perspective on everything else oh i couldn't agree more says i well i think (laughs) i think you say it right i think you say i think you say it as it should be said and uh you know I guess like the last the last thought I have about fasting is that it is supposed to be joyful experience, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean that at like the end of it, it's supposed to be an opportunity for us to feel the spirit and rejoice. You know, like feel feel happy, feel close to God, feel better yeah. than we were before. And I think that's why. Well, I mean that's what every commandment should do ultimately. But that's a pretty cool thing that we have this you know organized time when we're just expected to be joyful, feel yeah. the spirit, rejoice in what we've been given, and help somebody else out. Amen, brother. Amen. So everyone, we hope that when you have a chance to fast, uh, and you might actually hear this lesson gearing up towards Fast Sunday, mm. given the way it's structured. So we hope you'll make the most of it and make the most of tithing. I've met many, many people who are denying themselves the blessings of the temple because of the struggles to pay tithing. And we encourage you, if that is you, to pay your tithing. You'll be blessed for doing it. Agreed. That's all. Find us at thisweekinmormons.com. Shoot us an email. Contact at This Week in Mormons. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Just type in This Week in Mormons. Stuff shows up. Everywhere. I'm tired of the spiel to get people to do things. Ubiquitous. It is. I have achieved ubiquity. It's wonderful. Dustin, we're so glad you were here this week. Really happy to be here. Thank nice you. to have you. Of course, folks, lesson 17 is what you just heard, the law of tithing and the law of the fast. And we hope this is of use to you and uh, wish you a really wonderful Sabbath day. Sunday School Bonanza by This Week in Mormons is out.